go. So what have you been up to this week? Um, well, I just got back on Yeah, Monday. you had a trip. Yeah, I've gone for three weeks, and now I'm uh, leaving again tomorrow. So, Oh, my God. Yeah, so it'll be like, you know, at the end of all this, about a month and a bit away from home. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. I haven't I haven't been out of uh, Vermont in a year. I guess you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. The farthest I've gone out really is, uh, I guess, well, I, we did go to Pennsylvania to visit your mom last March or something, but that yeah. was it. Otherwise, just Burlington. Yeah, I think it's harder when you have kids. I don't have kids, so I could just, yeah. you know, I get to do stuff. Right. You right. Should, never should have had those stupid kids, you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah I actually think a lot of people I think people are like right now starting to really feel it I'm really feeling it yeah yeah it's like I've been pretty it's like when we watch Alone and they hit like day 60 and it's just like they start to go crazy (laughs) that's people right now that show that show is interesting right we should just do a podcast on that show I think we'd be a lot more popular Um, so I Mm -hmm. that show is insane because fifty percent of the people have all of the skills, training, and physical strength to do it, and then mentally they can't hack it after like you know whatever, well, the whatever military, day it is. The military guys are the ones that are like yeah. thriving, killing fish, and they have a shelter, and then they just yeah after about two months they start to go bananas being right. alone. Yeah, because they're used to doing it with their buddies. They're used to, know, their they're buddies. Used to doing it like collectively. Yeah, the people that win are always slightly off. Yeah, they well, have to yeah, be I mean, able to really you know bottle like push stuff down and not mm-hmm. not think about their feelings but. yeah or they get it out by whittling things yeah you know i always feel bad for the women on that show because a lot of the women are skill wise just as good as the men but they don't have the muscle to uh to to be able to starve so they always get pulled right. out because of weight issues and right. they're getting they're losing too much weight and i always feel so terrible for them cuz it's like damn if you it's a little unfair. They got to yeah, like, figure it is. that out. It is. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple, you know, last few episodes that were some dubious pulls of of women when when if the guy was in the same situation, they look they keep him in. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. they don't really For tell sure. you the. Sure. They don't tell you the. I mean, they, yeah, obviously they're there's like they're discreet about what exactly the medical issue of is course. because it's private, right? But but um. Dude, I don't think so. But on the face of it, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't I'm think speculating, so. but but as I, a, as I was a, mad a couple times. I'll tell you that as a seasoned television reality competition producer, I have to tell you, there's no way that they're like pull the woman out because she's a woman because they'll get sued like crazy. No, I don't think they're saying that. I don't think it's as explicit as that. I think it's just sort of subconscious. I think it's a chart. I think if you, you think drop a hundred percent, I think if your heart rate hits this and you drop X amount of body fat in this amount of time, then your body's going to do irreversible damage. I think it's all based on like a medical chart. Okay, I want to believe this. Yeah, I'll find uh, out. My buddy yeah. created the show. I'll, I'll okay. call him and ask him. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So tune out. in next week. Yeah. For <laughs> Secrets of Alone. I think I think that could be our our next podcast. We'll we just do a little alone yeah. thing at the end. <laughs> such a good show guys by the way watch alone just start at season one and just go i binge watch it dude i don't leave the couch for like four or five hours yeah it's it's pretty awesome and then i start to do this thing sorry before we get in our real pocket i start to do this thing where like i was at i was up in new hampshire before i came to see you and i was like 
pretending I was on alone. Right. Like I'm a little kid. I'm like, right. gotta cook up this burger tonight. <laughs> you know, drink these beers. It's just it's me all alone out here. Fire in the yeah. fireplace. <laughs> but it does make you realize like what bitches we are. I would. I wouldn't last ten seconds out there. I wouldn't last the boat ride out there. You no, know, I'd be, as soon I as I started seeing terrible. where they're dropping me, I was like, I'm nope. out. Turn I'm me out. back. Yep. What's that bear shit? Bye. <laughs> there is that one season where the guy gets there and he's like, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> All right. I guess we should do some sort of a podcast. We should. There. We should. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about what happened this week. Okay. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. This week we're talking about impeachment uh, 2.0. It's happening. We'll talk a little bit about it and then maybe talk about Biden. Let's go. All right, so what aspect do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about these... These <laughs> demented, psychopathic Republican senators who are like, I, I just, so I, I just have a couple yeah, things to say. One sure is that prepared. they're basing their teak of the whole thing um, on the lack of kind of the general understanding of civics in America. You know that that their their defense has been what. A legitimate defense might be in, say, a criminal trial or or a civil trial even. But their arguments about um, the due process clause and things like that in the Constitution um, do not actually apply in the same ways at all and are, not, are basically irrelevant to the political process that is an impeachment. Um, and, and so when they were saying, you know, most recently... For those who haven't followed this, basically, just in a nutshell, the House managers, which is, you know, the Democrats, have put on a sort of a pretty good show of all of the evidence of the harm done and either the encouragement or lack of um, intervention by the pres President Trump when this happened on January 6th, right? So that's their two arguments, like either he didn't care or he was encouraging it and both are sort of derelictions of duty and one is more egregious than the other but they're both sort of equally legit for being impeached right that's their argument and that's and they said you know if he, there's some gaps in the storyline and stuff like that and they invited him to you know fill in those gaps when when uh, they invited him to come testify of course right away right i mean here's the interesting thing on january 6th it took him like three hours to like come out and give a terrible speech saying we love you but go home um within an hour of that invitation they got a letter firing back basically this right. contemptuous <laughs> letter saying that go to hell i'm not coming in um and and so the republicans turned around this week at the end of the week on friday and said look you know, this is absurd. These guys want us to present them with the evidence so they can uh, indict our guy. And that is exactly um, what they would be asking, were this a criminal trial? But it's not, right? It's not a criminal trial. Um, it's a political process. Of course. So that's what they're preying on because most people don't know this you know most i mean why would you know this right so like it looks like a trial it's called a trial you know this you know there's a judge you know so it's got all the trappings of what people think on like you know law and order it looks like a trial but 
Um, but it's not. And they're actually, in a way, uh, using that ignorance, uh, which is a produced ignorance of our school systems and all that, um, to gain you know, political favor, right? And I think it's probably going to work. It's working. And, and it gives them cover, right? So that all these Republicans, yep. they know better. Most of these guys are lawyers themselves. Um, they all know better. But, uh, but again, they're able to sort of do this um, judo <laughs> by, by taking all the hateful stuff that they do and then turning it around and saying that they're the victims. Yeah, I actually thought one of the most effective things was the continuing playing of the edited clips of Democrats saying, I'd oh like my to God, punch him the in the face. Music? They had, they had background, background music. music. It was like, oh, yeah. I'd like to punch him in the face. If, if yeah. you know, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised people aren't rioting. I'm surprised there's not uproar. Right. Like, and mm-hmm. it, I thought it was really effective. I was listening to it in my car as I was driving, yep. but I was like, it shows you that in order for change on both sides to occur, Democrats also need to check themselves with the way that they freely talk because it was actually kind of gringy, like cringy, not gringy, cringy. When I was like hearing like Cory Booker and even Nancy Pelosi, like stoop to that level. Like I do it on the podcast, but I'm not on the fucking Senate floor, dude. Like Mm -hmm. when they're saying things like I'd like to punch Donald Trump in the face or like Joe Biden saying, if I wish I could take him out back in the schoolyard, the woodshed. Right. right, Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. When that's all cut together in the montage, you're just like, yeah. ugh, yeah. this is pretty gross too. Like, yeah. And then it makes you be like, I guess you're all just playing this game and Trump took it, he upped you one. Right. And that's the kind of their defense is like, we all do this, guys. And, yeah. you know, at, at, at any point, your crazy progressive people could have done something like this. It's nothing to do. We all talk like this. And it's like right. not a terrible defense, although kind of weak. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think, in terms of politically, it's a great defense. Mm-hmm. You know, how that's going to read is going to be like, see, you know, like for people who are already sort of committed or, or, or leaning or even people who are ambivalent, they're like, oh, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that there was this whole barrage of hateful language coming out of the Democrats too. Why aren't we in, indicting them? And voter uh, fraud clips. I mean, there was right. five minutes yeah. of, of everyone from Clinton to Bernie yeah. talking about electronic voting and how it's not accurate. And it's like, right. damn. Right. We got to watch ourselves. Now we, yeah. you know, guys got to put, we got to put the guard back up. Yeah. The, I mean, of course the, the big thing is, is that the Democrats happen to be right and truthful about the actual attempts <laughs> of voter fraud <laughs> and of suppression, <laughs> which are yes. systematic. Um, um, so, so that's a whole thing about, you know, the problem of not having shared truths to, to argue about. Right. You know, that, that and, we don't... and, and, and specifically, when Stacey Abrams ran in Georgia and there yeah. were major problems. Yeah. With well, I mean, things. the guy, I mean, obviously the biggest conflict of interest was that the guy running for governor was a secretary of state right. who runs the elections. Right. Right. You know, so that's, I mean, right there, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you think you would problem. might recuse yourself from that position, but now he's like, no, I'm going to do both. Um, but so on the one hand, yeah, politically it's a great move. Again, the problem being is that, you know, context is everything. And Donald Trump has been saying for months, prepping his base, that if he loses, it, the only thing it could be is a, uh, you know, a fraud. Mm-hmm. And then second, whenever there has been violence, he's either laughed it off or encouraged it, right? So whether it was, you know, do you remember in, I think it was in the late summer when, 
there was Kamala Harris was in in like a bus caravan in Texas and like a Trump train run them off the road. Right. I do. And Trump and his, you know, kids were like bragging about it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Right. So that there's just been like sort of consistent encouragement. So if you take that larger context and then, you know, also the context that that January 6th thing was originally supposed to be on a different day and then Trump pushed it to January 6th itself, the day they were doing the counting, mm -hmm. and then moved apparently all of the regulations of a parade line so that they would have open access to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. um, you put all that context together and say, we're gonna you know, go to the Capitol. And obviously everybody says, we're gonna fight like hell for America and we're gonna fight like the hell and we're gonna yeah, give them yeah, hell. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's, it's all, but the thing is like, there's a difference between metaphor and like, <laughs> physically go fight you know and and you've got all these armed guys there what you know that's that's where the sort of the what about strategy strategy um falls however i don't think it's going to fall because nobody's going to think about all that they're going to think about the clips and you know this well-produced dark music clips that that uh the republicans have been so good at for so long mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they're gonna be like oh look you know joe joe Biden threatened the president while he was a sitting president said he was going to beat him up in you know behind the the bleachers. Yeah, which is a problem and it's like it's like the thing we always talk about which is the Democrats have no message. They have no they need a new marketing overhaul, right? Like you can't sometimes be the tough guy that wants to take so and by the way Joe Biden you're 80 years old and Donald Trump might fuck you up. I'm not sure. <laughs> but like like, stop talking like that. Like, put it, be one or the other, right? Like, if I yeah. were a politician, I would go for the tough guy thing, personally, right. because it's easier for me. And yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 I could be intimidating. These other, like, when, when, when Joe Biden's doing it, when, the, when, when people that are progressive are doing it, you're just kind of like, your message needs to be that I'm a senator. I don't talk like that. Like, that's yeah. absurd. Like, what are you, a yeah. fucking frat boy football? You know what I mean? Whatever you want to call it. Right. But you right. can't you can't like talk about the way Republicans speak or the way Donald Trump talks and then kind of, you know, use and that's Nancy Pelosi use violence and what you would love to do like that. That will be used against you because you're not that good at it. Right. So right. you can then you can't say, like, I can't believe the president talks like this. I Like that should always be your thing is look how they talk. Look at look at the shit they say. This is disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives them a this easy little video montage that makes you kind of look similar, even though manipulated heavily. But yeah, we right. clearly the 70 million people that vote for Trump don't give a shit if, yeah. if it's manipulated yeah. or fake. Like they're going to go, oh, yeah, you guys do it, too. That's already been passed around exactly. millions and millions of times. Yep. It doesn't it's been That's the thing about the Internet is everything that you see is completely decontextualized. Right. So that all you're seeing is what you're seeing and you're going to get the emotional response to just that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, the exactly right. Like the only people who who could like, you know, like John Fetterman of Pennsylvania, right, the lieutenant governor who's like six, eight and is, you know, looks like a biker, you know, yeah. like a leader of a biker gang, even though he's like one of the most he's like the most progressive Democrat out there these days, yep. or one of the most, he could maybe use intimidation, right? But yep. but but most people, that's you know, they're preaching, 
their policy is preaching like, no, we should love our neighbors and we should care about people. Even we should help other people, even if it doesn't directly help us. And then all of a sudden you're like a bare knuckle brawler. I don't think so. You know, no, like, I can't do it. It's... I'm surprised the Democrats, if I were, if me and you were advising this, this team, I would go all in. I don't, all the other, the way Donald Trump, did, but I will go all in on the dead cops. I would go all in on the dead cops. Yeah. He didn't call the National Guard. Yeah. Like that to me is the biggest thing here is that the Capitol was overrun. You say you didn't cause it, but yet you didn't send in backup. That to me is the most incriminating they did that. piece of this. They did that. They kind of did. They did that. And, and they and their closing was really I thought it good. was weak. I thought their the closing, closing was, was good. The, the closing, closing was when good. they were like, look, are you willing to bet more dead police on, on this? Right. Are you willing right. to bet your lives on this if this happens again you know like you know like they went through this whole thing because this is the risk you're willing to take by exonerating this guy um yeah but i would have played all of the the i would have played all of these republican senators i would have had five minute clips of them with the blue lives matter shit mm -hmm. and then i would have closed with images of the dead cops and just said you're awful as shit. The cop like screaming, being crushed in crushed. The door, you know, in the I would have just know? put that like, on loop. This is Where's what you guys do. Lives? Yeah. You guys care. Yeah. Like we're why yeah. are we fighting for this? Right. We want to defund the police, but you guys, the party for the cops, where are you? And I would that to me would be effective because cops in this country, people love them in certain areas where it's like almost like they confuse it with military service. Yeah. Like you know this voluntary thing. It's it's. It's a um, it strikes home with people, and I would just hammer that away, man. Yeah, all day. Yeah, they don't give a shit about cops. Are you kidding? I me? know, of course not. I mean, the 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 interesting thing is that even though there's been a lot of you know police that have you know come out and are very angry about um, the lack of response, lack of backup, and and you know cops dying and stuff like that, yeah. there has been equally uh, a number of police unions, um, which are often like as bad or worse than the other sort of collective mm -hmm. entities of actual working police, yep. you know, like the, like the retired police who are like running the unions who basically made the argument that, you know, it's unfortunate, but this is the sacrifice needed for, you know, well, those are the cops. Yeah. Those are the people that were, I mean, they were also cops yeah, right. storming the Capitol. Yeah, right. right? So, <laughs> so there is, you know, the yeah, divide, right. But right. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, look, nothing's going to happen, right? Yeah, so here's my... How many senators do they need from the... They needed 17. They're going to probably get maybe six. They may peel off one or two more. So so I think the thing is that... And this is where I wanted to end with our discussion on this is that, you know, why did they do it? It's because there's been there's been a lot of, you know, talk about, well, it's rushed if they only could have, you know, brought all these witnesses and stuff. And I just heard that they actually are bringing a couple witnesses and they're extending the trial now because the, the house managers just... Uh, because there's a new report that came out that Kevin McCarthy was on the phone with Trump in a screaming match with him while this was happening, saying, you yes. need to call this off. I heard that. And, of course, now, you know, he's not talking because he realizes he's completely compromised and hitched his wagon to Trump. Yeah. Um, but another uh, House member was there, heard the conversation, and is willing to testify, right? Yep. So so that's going to be, that's in, in the mix. But that said that, 
there's been some discussion about, you know, why, why is this happening so quickly? They should have, you know, planned this out. And, and rather than sort of having that one single article of impeachment, they could have been a, like, you know, like five or six, and they could have gotten them on something, if not just the one thing, right? They're going all in on this one thing. Well, what they're doing in the end is they're just establishing people's permanent record mm. where they stand on this. That's the point of this case, right? Trump, Trump's not going to get convicted of this or whatever. This is just a tool and a weapon that in two years and in four years, they get to roll the tape. Right. This is what you wanted. And that might work or not work, but I think it's smart. I mean, I think the process is smart because you definitely, I would love to be, if I were running, debating somebody that want, didn't want to impeach Trump. I mean, that to me is like, yeah. well, this is, you know, we're talking about this in every debate. Right. We're talking about dead cops. We're talking about all this stuff. Um, so that's what this is. It's just, it's the Democrats getting more weapons, how they use it. We'll see. Um, but my God, it's, he'll be able to run again yeah. in, in four years. Trump yeah. will. Yeah. And that's that, that's the Republican party just staying in bed with him and good luck. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be good for you guys. Yeah. There, um, there's this talk now about a, a sort of civil war within the Republican party, you know, the sort of Liz Cheney, gw bush wing that is amazing when know, they look sane you know when and you've got a problem yeah the 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 the, the, com the compassionate conservatives who are uh, you know bloodthirsty warmongers that wing um versus uh the trump wing which is just like like kill anything Americans. goes it's just it's just you know like the death cult it's the um, kill it's the kill uh um people in the middle east versus the kill progressive Americans. That's the war they're <laughs> yeah, having within yeah, the Republican Party, right, right? right? It's like invade other people or invade right. each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like Losers. where to point the rifles. Um, Good luck. So, yeah, I mean, coming. yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I, I agree. I think um, politically it is about establishing the record. And in terms of like the, the pace of it, I actually think it makes sense to do it right now. The thing just Me happened. Too. Just um, now. It you know it, three every week seems like a month these days, but the thing only happened three weeks ago. You know, like three four weeks ago, yep. and um, you know, as we know, memories, especially in this country, are very short. Um, yes. And if if you waited six months, people would be like, "Oh, why are you bringing up this ancient history?" You know, you yep. know that. So so I think it actually makes sense to do it now. So, but it also keeps you know. all the Republicans distracted from whatever the hell Biden's up to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, right. So right. who knows? I, mean, I don't even know what the hell he's up to. Yeah. Like, we don't know because yeah. of this. So it just buys him more time to, you know, push stuff through. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be our next topic. So let's go to that. All right. Okay, so one of the things that um, I actually wanted to pose a question to you, like if you were to like give mm -hmm. three priorities of what, because there's a million problems, right? You know, he's inherited this, you know, perfect storm of everything, uh, much like Obama did, you know, yeah. like that. He's just this is a really, really bad thing to inherit, as we've talked about. Um, what three things do you think are deserve immediate? 
response, which is not to sort of denigrate or Got diminish it. other things, Got it. but to say what like are the time sensitive ones. Take it how you will. I don't care. I got it. Very easy. One is cash bailouts. Has to happen. Um, small businesses are hurting. And you know how this is, right? Typically, a president wins depending on how the economy is doing. Mm -hmm. Trump would have would have tumble sawed skipped back into the White mm -hmm. House had he had the economy before he totally. blew the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and that was his own doing. He could have had it under control. Um, so what what people do like are getting taken care of and you got two years that's not that long mm -hmm. right until there's another round of voting and then you can actually get a super majority so for me we'll figure it out you know you got no problem invading other countries trillions and trillions of dollars start sending people checks and and figure out this i i don't know enough about economy uh, um about economics to know like the cutoff you know seventy thousand fifty. i mean 50,000 seems way too low for people that, you know, I mean, I think I know a lot of people that have made low six figures, hundred, you know, 120 K that own their own business and are out of, and don't make any money right now. Mm -hmm. So like figuring out how you base that, but send people checks so that they can pay their bills. They can pay their rent. Uh, people will remember that. So that's number one, right? Is cash relief. And if you need to figure out a way to tax billionaires or fucking dude just sit some of these psychopaths down like jeff bezos just like meet with them and go dude help me out help us out like do the right thing and then put his ass on record you know what i mean like mm -hmm. put the put the wealthy class remember when trump when he first got in called that big media yeah, like all the right, ceos it was right. like hilarious yeah. i actually think it's a smart move if you're willing to like Put them on record. Right. So, like, bring in Tim Cook. Bring in Mark Zuckerberg. Right. If you're not acting like a mafia boss when you bring them in. Yeah, yeah. Bring right. them in and say, guys, yeah. you guys are the richest people in the universe. We need your help. Like, can you help? Like, we're asking for your help. Um, So that's number one, cash bailout. Number two is 100% um, health care, which is a direct result of the first one mm -hmm. it's you know people's medical bills people are getting sicker people are at home dude they're not exercising so you got to figure out and i don't know <laughs> i don't i never know enough about policies to give you the answer but i know the the the, the broad thing is figure out making obamacare better universal health care mm -hmm. medicare medicaid for all medicare for all figure that should just be on the agenda where we're working towards it so like in two years people's healthcare costs go down. That would be my second. And my third um, is really easy, dude. It's my initial advice, which is the prison reform, um, uh, releasing releasing nonviolent cannabis offenders from all prisons, right. reinstating their voting rights, and building up the Democratic army, which you're going to need. Um, a lot of that is in states where you could use those votes. <laughs> right. And, right. And, and Biden is the perfect guy to do it. I mean, he was part of the crime bill that put a lot of these guys in jail and women. But, man, if, he, if that were like his big thing, you would, you would have so many more people joining the progressive army. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe – I'm not saying they would, but maybe they would forgive the Democrats for – some of the, uh, you know, crime and the, let's call it racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Secretly racist yeah, policies yeah. towards black men. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I, think violent, I think they're violent. I think they're they're Clintons were calling them. They're pretty explicitly racist in various ways, right? Yeah. That, um, no, I think I think that's that's a good list. Um, Those are my list. Yeah. My list. No, I think that makes sense. I mean, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with you know um, cash assistance. I would also say like I doesn't need to be means tested. I think I think it's a matter of public policy. And so if you define the public as American citizens, everybody gets a check. Jeff Bezos gets a check. He gets his two thousand dollars because the idea of of slicing and dicing the American public then cuts the legs out of under the idea that this is for the public, that it is inherent public. Good, sure, sure, you know? sure. It's the same. It's the same thing that they're doing with education, right? That they say that, oh well, you know, we'll uh, give certain money for charter schools and things like that, which is redefining what the public is effectively, right? right? So, yep. so I think it's go big. You know, the same thing with like Medicare and Medicaid, particularly Medicaid. If you are so grindingly poor, then we'll give you health care. But if you're in the middle. And which is many people you and by the way, it's terrible health access, right? It's mostly just clinical care. Um, but if you are working poor and your boss doesn't give you benefits, then you're on your own. Right. So that's what Medicare for all is about. It's that it redefines what the public is and says, no, actually, the public is everybody. Right. That you, you're an American Fair. citizen. I would shake hey, your hand if we're by the way. If, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. You yeah, know, and, and also like, and also not even, Amer if you're an American worker, right, all the undocumented, all the, all these people who are contributing to the economy um, and are indeed exploited by the economy, that they're part of the public, right? You know, so yeah. I think that's, that's one thing. Um, I like that. And that leads right into the healthcare, right? So like that's, yep. that's, that's right, right there. Here's one thing that I've been just sort of thinking about a lot. And, you know, we talked about borders before. Um, is immigration overhaul it's a thing that's a kind of it's it's kind of like a famine in the way that famines are like slow moving catastrophes that people don't really notice until after it's happened they're like oh my god millions of people died of hunger but people don't notice people slowly dying of hunger in the same way that there's like this sort of violence that's going on in our borders that we have thousands of people asylum seekers who have been shut out by um, decades, really, of U.S. policy that made ever more cruel by the Trump administration, and and so the reason that this, you know, and this is the thing, is a problem that I have too, is like, what you know, what should we think about? What should we care about in the moment? But there was on February second, uh, Biden wrote three executive orders about immigration. Mm -hmm. The first two I, I really agree with. One is. Um, accelerated family reunification. So if you recall, they separated 5,000 kids from their families um, at the border and 1,000 are still missing. Oh my God. Right. And it's been two years now. Um, Jesus uh, Christ. Down to the, the youngest person they separated was a four month old baby out of the arms of his father. Um, and who is now has all these developmental problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know that there's this sort of you know this massive trauma very, that's very happened. Christian right. of them. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> absolutely just these these guys are criminals. Right. So that, that it, so so that's great. I, I think that's great that he's doing that. The second one, he's regularizing uh, student and foreign worker visa access, where where you know 
Trump had made it hard for if you come from this country, you know, you can't work here and, and, and so you can't even be a student or it's much harder. So those things are being normalized. Um, mm -hmm. So that's good. That's also mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And then there was the asylum uh, seeking regime where Donald Trump administration basically said, we're, we're bringing this down to 15,000 people a year, people who are refugees yep. amidst the largest refugee crisis in the world since World War II. They're bringing it down to 15,000. And in their last year, only 1,000 people were let in, right? So yeah. this is an unbelievably you know, cruel um, regime. But the Biden thing here said that, look, we are going to set up a task force to look at the rules that they created um, and and then sort of come up with better rules. We're not gonna change anything. And that's right. gonna take maybe four, maybe six, maybe eight months to do. Um, which, and in terms of like immediate action, you've got tens of thousands of people living in squalor on the border who are dying every day at that border, who are getting shot with tear gas and, and still, and this is, you know, under the new regime as well. Um, so for, from the perspective of an asylum seeker, refugee, your task force is the functional equivalent of the Trump regime, right? It's, it's the same thing. It's just got a different name. Now there's a task force to address it, but they've retained all of the Trump policies until they decide in maybe eight months from now what they're going to do that's different. So I think that's pretty terrible. Um, and so, you know, and I, you know, a lot of immigration advocates have been sort of throwing up their arms like, oh, my God, this is this is, quote, unquote, unquote, the back to normal of, of what we yeah. were promised. Um, and, you know, we had on uh, migrant justice and they kind of said this kind of stuff is like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the Democrats or the Republicans. They're either side. They're, they're going to turn the screws on us. They're just going to turn the screws in different ways. One one with a smile, another with a snarl. Right. Yep. You know, and so I don't know. On the one hand, the Trump regime did so much damage that I and and also the accrued damage of decades of sort of institutionalized violence at the border that on the one hand I like okay they need some time to think this through you know if they're if they want to really change things but my you know of course my deep worry is that they're going to take some time and then just go back to the Obama administration which you know deported 3 million people yeah but why the, like when you know you're running for president don't you like think about these things and the people you hire come in with, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Like, what, what are we, why are we deciding now? Their argument. Um, and, and, and this is through the communications, uh, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, who said this, who's like, look, we're telling people don't come here right now. Now is not the right, time. I can see that. Right. Yes. Um, I'm blaming it on COVID. Bla saying it's COVID, yeah. which okay, fine, but fair, you, you can fair, you can control fair. for all. The, here, I mean, here's the of course the thing is that they're certainly allowing business execs flying in from all sorts of flights all across the world, um, and not and they don't have any concerns about COVID there, right? Right. But but with poor refugees, uh, suddenly COVID is like no, sorry, you know, we're, we're all we're all closed. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a it's a sort of a class and identity kind of siphoning yep. that's going on yep. right yep. um i th but i think on the I, i'm kind of of two minds on this on the one hand if they're actually going to do like an overhaul that takes time because they have yes. to they have to assess the damage that was done right donald trump used to talk about the deep state his guys use the deep state 
to insinuate their policies mm -hmm. in such a way that it might be kind of hard to peel them off. So what you're saying is you think it could take time. You just don't trust them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Thank you for summing that up. Yeah. yeah you know, that's, that's what. That's yeah. Like. Yeah. You're exactly. not going to hold your breath. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's yeah. like. And that's fair. And that's fair. I get it that you want to have like a new strategy and that takes time. But again, in terms of immediate need, there are literally people dying by the I week, know. you know, if not by the day on that border. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's, uh, that's a humanitarian crisis that we produced. Right. People like to really, talk that but we're not really, it's not really yeah. getting any play in the media. Yeah, mainstream exactly. Media. Exactly. Because you know, we're, we're distracted on it. I know Well, that was two. I feel like that was two things for you. Well, so for I mean, the other two was was cash and healthcare, but they were kind of related, right? It was Correct. kind of like in this broader conception of the public, yeah. the public yeah. good, and then who counts as public. Um, Remember when you're like in high school and you're you know your first day of class, your teacher comes in and they're like, "You all have an A today. You're all <laughs> starting with an A." Yeah. Right. Okay. It's up to you to keep that. Yeah. A. Yeah. That's like Biden right now. Yeah. It's like you got you got an A, dude. <laughs> What's it going to be at the uh, end of the marking period? Right. Gonna go, you know, um, yep. that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. It's like where. Yeah. That's a good analogy. You know. Yeah. We're going to give, we're gonna give him. say that. And I'll go. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's there's he's done some surprising things that. I agree. You know, I'm like, oh, OK, that's not the Joe Biden that I've read about. You know, that's that's pretty cool. We should actually have a list on our, our website when when it launches um, with with the executive orders because so far I'm, I'm feeling his executive orders. I like them. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's two types of executive orders. Some that are, you're like, you had to do this because right. like society needs it. Yeah. And the other that are like, you power and hungry. The, yeah. And then the other ones are like, Oh, shit. Japanese internment. Not so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, we should keep track of those. But That's a good idea. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm today still hopeful. I'm, I like, I like what's going on. I like that the Democrats are at least seemingly not backing down, not trying to play nice. Look, look, here's the deal. This whole bipartisan, that's done, yeah. man. Don't even try. I know. You can't you can't you can't get anything done with people that aren't even willing to still admit they lost the election. Um or admit that like that psychopath incited violence on the Capitol. So, until this is resolved. Like we're, we're good. Let's just ignore each other. Um, the, just get it. You got two years to get some stuff pushed through. So man, go hard. This is the problem with Biden. And like, I think people from his generation is that they, they remember an era of martinis and you know, cigars, and you know, some hands. sort of comedy, right. That we we, you know, we'll hang out, we'll get this done. There's bipartisanship. What they kind of conveniently forget is that the bipartisanship that they struck were was with basically unreconstructed southern segregationists right right that they were able to get along with these people right. and what does that tell you you know it's like it, th i don't want that bipartisanship right like yeah, I'm, we, you know, exactly. that, that era should be gone and it, it is telling that when you know when they invade the capital these guys are coming with confederate flags so you know forget that bipartisanship like that's yeah. it should not be there right yeah they need to, up. you know, and and if anything, if they've learned anything, Mitch McConnell and crew do not give a damn about bipartisanship. They ruled with like an iron fist when they had the chance to. 
You know, the Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean, Supreme Court justice. Yeah, yeah. There's no working yeah. with Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Mitch McConnell. There's no working with them. There's ignoring them and just letting them dig their own graves. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, that was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Let's cut it. Let's let the people not listen to us any longer. So <laughs> nice, quick. Next week on Alone. Yeah, Alone. <laughs> we'll get back to that today. <laughs> Um, all right, man. Well, I guess next week we'll we'll be back. Yeah, yeah. We're thinking cool. about. Um, we might move to some Middle East topics next week. We're gonna see. I we got so. we got some things in the works. Oh, I thought it was all okay over there. We debated and we. <laughs> Jared we, did his we, duty, right? Jared did, did Kushner we did his everybody duty. Over yeah. There? <laughs> <laughs> no politics at the dinner table is produced by Amit Prakash. Music by our very own Jeep Beta Roy. Um, always happy to have his team back on here uh sign up for our newsletter if you haven't um we are slowly emailing it to people but it's fun it's good it's short um support us and uh yeah man we'll uh, we'll see everybody next week see you next week